everyone. Welcome to Crime Colts and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. And we're back and we're outside today. We're poolside, bitches. We are. Oh my god, I swear I thought I saw something up there and it was. It's a little mini horse up there. <laughs> we're looking out into the neighbor's yard and I caught out of the corner of my eye. I thought it was our, my dog running over there. It's just a mini horse. <laughs> you know, no big deal. <laughs> now that I can see it. Yeah. So if you hear any background noise today, we kind of just explained why. It was way too nice to be recording inside. Yeah. And we've been chilling by the pool and... And you may hear wind chimes, you may hear breeze, flappy flaps of the tent, tent, because we're under a tent, but we couldn't be inside and be in the 100 degree hangout room, Yeah, because it's literally in the top floor of the house, Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we're outside, so get over it. With a view, (laughs) with a view. With a view, hopefully the dogs don't come out and cause wreak havoc, Yeah, (laughs) but uh, you'll hear that if they do. Definitely. So, also before we get into today's coffee review, we wanted to talk a little bit about Drew Molinari's billboard. And by now, this will have been a week or two since the billboard officially went up. And sorry, we're a little behind. We pre-record our episodes, but we wanted to make a point to say thank you to the people who donated and kind of talk about it with anyone who doesn't know the story of what happened and we reached our goal we had a 500 dollars goal on gofundme set to then send drew molinari's mom to have a billboard put up and it just so happens that the same day of the billboard going up and the anniversary of drew's death was when we reached our goal uh-huh. of five hundred dollars overnight. Which was insane overnight. I have the chills talking about it right now. It's just such validation and yeah. It was so incredible because we know we've been badgering everyone about it, but it's so important and just so incredible that without a doubt, Drew had his hand in making that happen. Yeah. The day of his passing and the day Dawn was putting this billboard up. It's insane. And Dawn, Drew's mom again, was so sweet and put a little mention of crime cults and coffee on the bottom of the billboard and it was totally unnecessary Uh and unexpected but we are so happy and thankful that she did that so thank you so much Dawn. Yeah thank you Dawn. So just a little shout out to the people who made this happen. Mom, Ashley, someone anonymous that we don't know like literally they put the name anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, Madeline, or Madeline, Pam, Elena, and Charlie. Thank, so thank you, you both so, or all so much. Thank you so much. It's more than appreciated. There's honestly no words. There's just no words. Yeah, and I know that his family appreciates it as well. And you did a good deed. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully this brings forward some answers and some people calling in with tips. And this case can eventually be closed. Yeah, that's the goal, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you want to get into our coffee? Yeah, let's do it. Wait, do you have any recommendations? Have you been watching anything? Just the use. I don't have any right now, I don't think. Okay. Do you? I have a couple podcast recommendations, actually. Um, Or one, I should say. It's called Betrayal. I'll get all the information down next time, but if you look up Betrayal on Apple Podcasts, that's where I found it. It's really fucking good, so go listen to it. I'll get all their information for a shout-out next episode, but check them out on Apple Podcast. Mm-hmm. That's a big ant. Yeah, that's a massive one. <laughs> <laughs> 
So today's coffee, we are doing a review. We've done a review from them in the past where they sent us coffee and this time mom bought this coffee and yes. we were like, it's perfect for this beautiful day poolside. Yeah. So we're drinking a cold brew from New Mexico Pinon Coffee. Yeah, and again, their website to find their stuff on is N as in Nancy, M as in Mary, PinonCoffee.com. So Pinon is spelled P-I-N-O-N, coffee. So check it out, nmpinoncoffee.com. And today we are doing the Nitro Cold Brew. They come in these cute little cans. Like baby cans, (laughs) like the baby Coke cans. And you keep them refrigerated so they're nice and cold for anyone who likes an iced coffee. Yes. And you just pop it out of your fridge on a summer day. So good. So easy. I'll read the little description that they have on their website. So it says, deliciously nutty, smooth, and creamy cold brew is finally available online in super convenient four-pack, eight-ounce cans, little baby cans. Our traditional pinon coffee is slowly brewed with cold water over the course of 16 hours to create an irresistibly smooth and less acidic coffee and then infused with nitrogen and creamy texture Mm -mm. the result is a smooth cold and creamy coffee that highlights the natural sweetness of our coffee beans with a punch of pinon nuttiness as an added bonus they also have double the caffeine than a regular (gasps) cup of coffee (laughs) as we're sitting here drinking it i had no idea (laughs) zero sugar zero calories and 100 percent naturally flavored so check them out actually right now online they are sold out but you know i don't know when they're going to be coming back in but keep checking on their website they have lots of other good coffee like we had mentioned before yeah we were actually i mean i'm happy we're going with a cold coffee today because it is hot out yeah but we originally were like do you have any more of the pinion coffee because mom ordered coconut i think from them or something like that and that was so good yes some of their other oh my god oh my god some of the (laughs) other flavors on their website right now coconut almond delight that's what she got i think i think that's what she got and she's like uh finish the bag already uh lemon cookie yum biscochito which was the one that we had which was so good yeah, that was so good and i know some of our listeners went and bought that and loved it as well maple walnut and pinon fudge oh that's delicious. so they all sound amazing check them out buy some stuff get some cold brews what do you think okay so i'm gonna just be straight up with everyone and say usually i'm not the most massive fan of cold brews because i always find them to be a little bit bitter they're gonna be bitter they're gonna be more strong Mm -hmm. and even you can ask my friend alan shout out alan when we went to starbucks she's like i was like i don't get cold brew she's like get a cold brew i'm telling you because it has more caffeine in it usually Mm -hmm. so i was like okay and i got it and i was choking that thing down (laughs) i could not handle it (laughs) yeah i feel like for a cold brew though at first, when I first took a sip, because I'm drinking mine black today. Yeah, I have creamer in mine. So, yeah, so we're giving you guys the best of both worlds. I, at first, was like, oh, God, this is going to be a little tricky to drink. <laughs> but now, as I'm drinking it more and more, I get what they say with the smoothness of it, even yeah. though it still is bitter because it's a cold brew. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hating it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about it, how it tastes plain, and then I'll talk about it with the creamer? Sure. Plain, as plain. in, like, oh my God. I, like, I don't have words. Or sugar. Just black would be good for me, and I said plain. <laughs> so, again, it's very smooth. I do taste the nuttier side of it. Mm-hmm. 
a little bit bitter, especially in the aftertaste. Not not so much as you're sipping it, but in the aftertaste, I'm getting the bitter. And huh, and it is mom's weeding right now. <laughs> That's the view we have. Hey, I'll take it. And it is refreshing, but yeah, I don't want to keep repeating myself. It's on the it's, bitter it's side. Better. Yeah. 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 So I have almond milk creamer in mine. I think the flavor is just like sweet cream. So mm-hmm. it's literally just creamer. I think adding the creamer in it even like more so accentuates the, the obviously it's creamer, mm-hmm. the smoothness, the creaminess, the, I don't know. It's really good with the creamer in it, I think, compared to the black. black. I'm also not a black coffee person, so don't ask me when it comes to black coffee, but you still can taste the bitterness Yeah. at the end, which well, is okay. I mean, I feel like it's bearable with the creamer in it. Right. And if it helps anyone, mom is a black coffee person. She yeah. does not add anything to it and she likes these. Yeah. They are really good. And it's a good little option. It's quick if you're running to work and you don't have time to make a latte on your way in. (laughs) Funny story. I don't know if they were the same ones or a different cold brew from Pinon that mom had bought. But the one time when we went to get our toes done, I brought one of them with me because I'm like, I need coffee. And I was sitting there drinking it. And the lady thought I was just like drinking a beer. She's like, wow, she must have had a hard day. I was like, it's coffee. (laughs) She must have had a hard day. She's like, look at this girl with her mini fucking beer strolling in and getting her toes done. (laughs) Speaking of lattes, should I tell them the story of my recent latte art? Yes, but let's rate first. Let's rate. So I would give this, I'd give it an 8.5. Okay. Black, I would probably give this a 7.58. Yeah. I like it with creamer a lot. Mm -hmm. It's very smooth. I'll have to drink it like that next time, I think. Yeah. So, latte art story time. (laughs) I have an espresso, and I always make lattes, like, every morning for me. And the other day, I've taught Carson, because he doesn't drink coffee. I'm like, can you make me coffee while I'm getting ready? It was yesterday. He's like, yeah, sure. So, he comes up, and... Like, you know how there's latte art on the top of lattes when you go to restaurants? He did that. He's very creative. <laughs> and, you know, a while ago, he did, like, a heart, which was really cute. He brought up yesterday a latte with a penis latte art on top. And <laughs> tell them what he called it. And he called it, oh, my God, what did he call it? Why can't I remember? Cocachino. Cocachino. I have to post the picture because it's in a crime calls and coffee uh-huh. mug. Actually, <laughs> we should. I'll post it because honestly, it was it made my whole day. It was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. So funny. Love you. Hysterical. Cars. Love you. <laughs> so I thought I had to, I had to share with you guys. Are we ready to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. So grab, so grab your, your coffee, coffee and, and have, have a morning, morning with us. us. Today's case that we're covering is of Lars Matank, and he was born Lars Joachim Matank. He was born February 9th, 1986 in Berlin, Germany. He lived in Itzelhu, Schleswig-Holstein for his entire life. He was 28 years old at the time of this story. He worked at a power plant, he had a girlfriend, and he frequently visited his parents. At some point in his life, it wasn't really mentioned when, his dad had a stroke, and a lot of the time, Lars would help out at his parents' house right after work. Oh. So he was, like, very family-oriented and yeah. helpful. There wasn't too much more on his background, sadly. Moving on to June 30th, 2014. Lars went on a trip with five of his friends, and they went to Varna, Bulgaria. 
They stayed at the Golden Sands. This was a resort just outside of Varna and was on the Black Sea coast. So they went as like a little vacay getaway. Cool. They stayed at Viva Club Hotel within the resort. And Paul Roman, which was one of Lars's friends who was on the trip with him, later said this about their vacation. Quote, We relaxed on the beach, swam in the pool, played football, went clubbing, he was relaxed. He was in a good mood. And that Sounds was like a quote from Wiki. Great trip. Yeah. It was just, I feel like they just Gosh, had a really trip. good time. Yeah. yeah. His friend, Tim Schultz, also said that Lars didn't eat a lot on the trip. I don't know if that was really common for him or not. They didn't really get into that. Yeah. But he said he would have a small bowl of soup or a small salad when eating. Like, that's kind of all he had. Just like little bites here. Yeah. Other than that, Lars's friends said there was nothing abnormal that happened during most of the trip, and this vacation was Lars's first time out of Germany. Oh, wow. So... 28 years old. Yeah. Wow. So, moving on to July 6th, 2014, Lars and his friends were at a bar. Lars ended up getting into an argument with, quote, other German nationals over football, and they were referring to soccer, in, in the U.S. So he was a fan of the football club Werden Bremen and they were fans of Bayern Munich. When leaving the bar he parted ways with his friends outside of a restaurant and then he disappeared for the remainder of the night. Wow. That's the number one rule. Just don't leave your friends alone. And especially after like a heated situation like that. Right. That's so scary. July 7th, 2014 which was the next morning Lars showed up at the resort. He told his friends that he was beaten up by four men. There are varying accounts regarding the story behind these men. Different friends had different things to say about them, basically. Mm -hmm. Some said Lars told them that these men were hired by people that he had the argument with at the bar. But then some said that Lars was beaten up by the same men that were at the bar. Mm -hmm. So, little differing stories. Yeah. Lars had a ruptured eardrum and injured jaw. He was also diagnosed with a possible concussion. Wow. So either way, like whoever it was, it was a, a fight. Somebody got into a fight with him. Right. They were all supposed to fly back to Germany that day, but a doctor said that he couldn't fly, like it wasn't safe due to his injuries. Lars was prescribed 500 milligrams of the antibiotic Cefprozil, his friends wanted to stay back with him to reschedule their flights, but he said that he'd be fine and just fly home as they had already planned. He's like, it's too much. Just do what you had. I'll be fine. Yeah, he probably I'll didn't want to make it an inconvenience or have them have to pay extra money or anything like that. Yeah. So they flew home July 7th and Lars stayed in Bulgaria. Lars checked out of the Golden Sands Resort when his friends did, and then he checked into Hotel Color Varna for one night. This hotel was close to the airport, so he probably figured, like, I don't care, it's just one night, you know, mm -hmm. just stay here. I think it was, too, I think they said, too, that that hotel was a cheaper hotel than the resort than they the were resort. staying at, so he's probably like, ah, oh, whatever. For one night, yeah. like, it's fine. Yeah. While at this hotel, Lars began to act very paranoid. He called his mom, Sandra Matank, and talked to her in a whisper. 
wow. which in the first place is like terrifying like you automatically think something's going on yeah and one of the articles too his mom said she could literally hear his heart pounding in the phone he said that there were people trying to kill slash rob him and he told her to cancel all of his credit cards oh my god that's so scary mm -hmm. he asked her about the medication that he was put on which again was Seth Prozil and then this is a Wikipedia quote quote the closed circuit television security cameras in the hotel recorded him pacing up and down the halls, looking out windows and hiding in the elevator. At 1 a.m., he left the hotel before returning about an hour later. It's not known what he did in the intervening period. Wow. So, like, what was he doing? Where was he? Right. If he was so paranoid, like, where did he go? Were these people coming back for him? Did they know where he was? Was he just, like, hallucinating? Right, like, were these people even real? Right. Wow. I think it's terrifying, too, that he was paranoid about these people, which was potentially a hallucination right. or a delusion, but he was in his mindset enough to be asking about his medication like i wonder if he was thinking is this like, part is of this my meds happened? am i going crazy right or you is know why would he be asking about his medication right so moving on to july 8th 2014 this morning he called his mom again saying that the people that were after him were getting closer he was planning to fly home to germany on this day and he ended up arriving at Varna Airport. He texted his mom when he got there. When he got to the airport, he then had a consultation with the airport doctor, Dr. Costa Kostov. Dr. Kostov later described Lars as being, quote, nervous and erratic. Dr. Kostov said that he cleared Lars to fly home. And... Even though he did this, Lars didn't leave his office right away, and he expressed concern over the meds he was taking. So, again, he was bringing up his medication. Right. And he clearly was anxious about his medication. Right. Like, something was going on there for mm -hmm. him. I wonder exactly what he was saying. Yeah. Because there was no, like, full description of that. Like, is this causing my feeling? Or yeah. Or can I take this with maybe other meds that I have or what? Mm-hmm. At this time, a construction worker then came into the office because the airport was having renovations done, and Dr. Kostov relayed what happened next. So this is how we know what happened next. Right. He said that Lars began to tremble, and he yelled something like, quote, I don't want to die here. I have to get out of here. Oh my god, that's so creepy. Like, mm -hmm. what was going on in his brain? And as soon as this construction worker came in. Yeah. He then got up and ran out of the office. Wow. Lars left behind his luggage, his wallet, passport, and cell phone. And CCTV caught him running from the airport terminal. He can be seen on outside footage as well, like once he got out of the airport. In this, he jogs away from the airport climbs a fence, runs into a meadow, and runs off camera. The fence that he jumped was a little over 8 feet tall. Oh my god. Or 2.5 meters. And then after he runs into this meadow, he runs in the direction of a forest near Bulgarian National Highway A2. And then after that, we, 
he he's off camera and you can't see where he what happened what the hell since this video there have been no confirmed sightings of lars there have been some reported sightings but none were confirmed to be him Around one year after disappearing, a truck driver thought he saw Lars in Varna hitchhiking, and there were also reported sightings in other countries of him. Like, what the fuck happened to this man? Right, he just takes off into the forest never to be seen again by an airport. And, like, his friends clearly weren't concerned enough to have left, you know? Like, or to have stayed back. Right. They, They were okay with leaving him, and I'm sure they would have known him. Right, because I feel like if he were experiencing that paranoia before they left, they would have been like, no, no, something's not right. Yeah, we're staying with you. Yeah. In 2019, a German truck driver gave a hitchhiker a ride from Dresden to Schildo in Oberhavel, Brandenburg. This driver said that the man looked similar to an older version of Lars. The man had long hair and a beard, and he described him as having tired eyes and prominent cheekbones. So, like, sunken in. Right. Which would make sense if this were him and he was just out God knows where all this time. Right. If he didn't, if he was just living off the land somehow, or... And this lead went nowhere. His mom, Sandra, hired a private investigator named Andreas Gutig. This PI checked hospital records and searched for patients with no ID in hospitals, Mm -hmm. but the PI didn't find anything regarding Lars. That is terrifying. Like, how does somebody just vanish into thin air? It honestly blows my mind every single time we cover a case like this. Like, where did they go, and how is there zero record of them? His mom has appeared on TV and radio radio shows to talk about her son. She also posts on social media looking for answers and spreading information. So she's heavily, heavily involved in trying to make something happen. The Facebook group called Fine Lars Matank has 41,000 people following as of January 2022. My God. And you think like one person that has seen him or passed, like there's, that's so many people. Mm -hmm. Like what have seen something or said something or like reported it. And right near an airport, there's so many people coming and going. And yeah, and even if he went into this forest, they didn't really mention, but I'm assuming they searched the forest for him at some point. Right. It's It's just, just crazy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So getting into speculation or theories of what may have happened, experts and family members have not come to a determination on what caused Lars's behavior. His mom said that he had no history of mental illness, which was my first question. Mm -hmm. Like, was this something that he'd had hallucinations, delusions before? Lars's mom and some Bulgarian and German doctors believe that his behavior could have been caused by the antibiotic he was prescribed. A rare side effect of cefprozil, which is a cephalosporin, is um, some psychotic side effects like paranoia and hallucinations, potentially. And there are also some side effects of dizziness, restlessness, hyperactivity, and those are also common for this medication. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, like, his friend said that he wasn't eating much. That could have played into it as well. 
So, I don't know. But I fe- but that was happening before he was even on the meds. Right, but like if he oh, was like not if- eating prior and then and took then taking it, meds, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Well, and if he had a head injury, right, with, in combination with, with all of those things, it's just crazy. If it's a rare side effect to have this paranoia, uh-huh. and it happened to him, right. Plus all of the other factors. Yeah. There has been skepticism on whether Lars would have been able to survive in outdoor conditions, which is what I thought of too. Like, even if he went to the forest, like, how long would he have been able to be there without somebody, like, finding him or him dying in the forest? Uh huh. In which case, he would still hopefully be found if right. people were looking there. There's a lack of food in very hot conditions in the summer where he was. And he did have experience in hunting, trapping, and fishing. So. You know, maybe that helped him, but I don't know. But still, it's been years at this point. Right, like how how long can you live off of that with yeah. no shelter and stuff? His mom believed that he could still be alive and that maybe he lost his memory, which, I mean, is plausible from the head injury, maybe. Mm-hmm. Theory number one, Lars was looking for a way to run away and start a new life, so he kind of just did it this way. This has been argued because he didn't take any of his personal items with him, including his passport. And he also spoke to his mom throughout the trip and was on good terms with his family and friends. So I think that one's ruled out. That doesn't really sound like a person that's trying to restart a new life. Yeah. And why would you choose to do that on a trip with your friends? If anything, he would have taken a trip by himself and just disappeared. Right. And people wouldn't even have known where he started. Yeah. Theory two is that Lars was involved with criminal enterprise. His family would have had no knowledge of this, potentially some drug trafficking involved or human trafficking, but there's little evidence to support this theory. So I don't know. I feel like that's just another thing that people have come up with over the years. I feel like it was strangely worded too, because some articles worded it where kind of like he got caught up with the wrong people and he was actually involved in drug trafficking or something and then some articles worded it where he he came across the wrong people in this place and they were drug traffickers or they were human traffickers right. and took him right or he, killed him because of something he saw or, or, or whatnot yeah. yeah that leads into theory number three which was that Lars was murdered He said that he was being followed, so was this real? Was this a delusion? I mean, he got into an argument the night before, so I feel like this is maybe the most plausible theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if it maybe was a delusion or something, and that, I don't know. Yeah. So this is a quote from allthatsinteresting.com. Quote, Many online sleuths suspect that the men he fought at the bar were still after him. If they were in pursuit, it could explain why Matank ran away. It also could explain why no one has ever found his body, which I believe that so one scary. the most, which is terrifying, yeah. I but, know. like, it's true. If he went to a forest and died in a forest, and you'd still have remains of his body. Right. I don't know. I feel like, though, what set... If that was the case, where there, re- where there were really people after him, what set him off with this construction worker... Right. Or was it someone posing as a construction worker? That, like, knew... That was actually one of the people. And they were more powerful. Or, if he was actually being followed and chased, why is there no... On the video, why is there no other person in frame? 
and then he runs into the forest. Like, wouldn't there be someone chasing him? Wouldn't there be someone else? Right. Or was he just running and he got set off and he was just running away in general? Right, and, like, running to, like, the most desolate thing he could think of. And then where did he go from there? Unless they found him. It also could have been, like, somebody driving that wasn't in frame because they were, you know, it's just somebody driving. And then, like, he realized that maybe it was their car or something and that set him off. I don't know. I feel like also, though, the thing he said was, like, I don't want to die here. And then then he took off. Wouldn't his best bet, if he was really being pursued by people, someone with a rational mind... Yeah, you're about to get on a plane. You're in an airport where there's other people around, number one. Number two, you're about to get on a plane to fly home, to be home, to be in a safe place. Right, like, wouldn't you want to stay there rather than, like, escape and go to to a forest? Yeah. Yeah. That almost makes me lean towards delusion. Yeah. Or something. It's just crazy that he had, like, no... I mean, yeah, maybe the head injury was more severe that they were letting on, but, like, he had no history of mental illness. Yeah, that's crazy. Theory number four was that he was under the influence of drugs or had a bad reaction to the medication Cefprozil or had combined the Cefprozil with another substance which which then caused the psychotic episode, if you want to call it that, um, which is also possible. Uh. Under this theory, a doctor named Dr. Grande also suggested that Lars could have experienced, quote, first break psychosis or, quote, the onset of something like schizophrenia which he's in that age frame i mean he's in his 20s that's usually when you do have like your first onset of a psychotic episode when you're if you have schizophrenia but what are the odds of that happening when he's in another country and he's left by himself right without his friends i know or were little things happening here and there beforehand that no one knew about right and it was more so like a gradual build-up right I don't know. Or could that... Is it possible for that head injury to have kind of... Triggered something. Yeah. Or no. I don't know. Huh. Because I feel like that's that's also a possibility. I know. There's just so many, like, unanswered questions, I feel like, with this case, too. Mm -hmm. And it's like... It could have been anything, and nobody will know. I hope he's found. I hope he's found... Like, either either it's way, whether he's out there somewhere yeah. wandering around not knowing who he is or right. whether he something happened, I hope he's found. Right. So, one last theory, theory five, was that his injuries caused his strange behavior. Like, this all happened because of the head injury yeah. that had happened. The BKA, which is Germany's federal criminal police office, has been investigating this case for years. And Lars Matank has been called, quote, the most famous missing person on YouTube. May 2018, almost four years since his disappearance, the airport footage had been watched more than 16 million times on YouTube. Lots of, like, media coverage. Yeah, and I'm sure it's been up since then. So, some descriptive features about Lars. He was 5'11", or 180 centimeters. He had dark blonde hair, and he had a scar on his left forearm. If you have any information regarding Lars or his whereabouts, please contact. And this is info from... It's from a poster that they made for him. Mm -hmm. So this is the most updated information we have. 
There's the investigative agency, which is plus sign 49151-61378673. And we'll be posting these in our show notes and on our Facebook and such because since they're international numbers, it's even more tricky to hear over a podcast. Mm-hmm. There's also the German police, which is plus four nine one one zero. You can email G U E T I G dot F I N D E T underscore Lars at web dot D E. And we'll also post the poster in our on our Facebook and Instagram because it has QR codes for a Facebook and a website. So it makes it super easy for you guys to access as yeah, well. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. And that is the case of Lars in the Tank. That's just crazy. I mean, I, I have so many questions and I'm, I'm sure his family does as well. And it's just really sad that they don't have any closure. Like, it's literally somebody disappearing, and that's the last thing you hear or see of them, and that's it. I just always find it so surreal, even though clearly this is a real thing, that people can just vanish off the face of the earth like that. Like, they're out there somewhere. So where are they? What happened? Right, like, how does nobody know, or if somebody does know so that's just like that sounds like my worst nightmare Uh for having to have somebody i love like just have them disappear like that and not know anything about where they were zero closure nothing like that's terrifying and when he was on a what was supposed to be a fun trip Mm -hmm. letting loose and experiencing another country for the first time and he was supposed to be heading back Mm -hmm. and then a freak thing happens and he can't and then he's supposed to be heading back again and he's literally at the airport texting his mom he's at the airport yeah. and then just vanishes yeah it doesn't make any sense i feel so sorry for his family yeah wow Agreed. all right so today's episode was a little bit on the shorter side so we've decided to include a listener's story from nicole yes thank you nicole thank you nicole she actually let us know that her brother has sadly passed away and we wanted to dedicate this episode to him today in honor of him his name is anthony my heart goes out to you i'm so sorry so anthony this episode is for you yes from the age of five to the time i turned 18 i lived in a religious retreat center that used to be a boarding school the school was described as a co-ed christian school From what I had learned about the school, it was focused on girls learning to be proper wives and men looking for one of these girls to call their wife. There were four main buildings on the property, the girls' dorm, the boys' dorm, the cafeteria, and the gymnasium school building. This was the building where most of the classes were held, but was more gymnasium than anything else. The gymnasium took up almost the entirety of the lower floor and had a small stage at the front of the theater. The second story held a tiny library that was cramped and mismanaged and a straight hallway that divided the gym from the classrooms. I could picture this. Yeah, me too. When the conversion from school to retreat center happened, it was as if all the people who were there just disappeared. Classrooms were left intact, lesson plans still on the chalkboards, 
Lockers still stuck with stickers and magnets of the previous owners, but what was the oddest of all was the science room at the end of the hall. I have chills already. I don't <laughs> you know really why. really do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That room was always cold. The mismatched fluorescent lights occasionally flickered, and the pickled organs from dissections floated preserved from their previous owner. It always creeped me out that of all the things to leave behind, organs from animals in the name of science was left behind. Ugh. I was barely five years old when I was first forced to see this room by my older sisters, who dared me to go in under the guise of, quote, don't be a baby. <laughs> I still remember the sense of dread upon seeing the floor-to-ceiling shelves of parts floating in the flickering lights. Not caring that I would be called a baby by my siblings, I regained movement and bolted from the office and ran into the hallway, refusing to even go near that room for years after. My brother was still in high school, and being the meathead jock he was, he had wanted to go to the gym to practice for basketball tryouts, not wanting to use the hoops outside, saying he, quote, wanted to get the experience of playing in a real gym. We were given permission to use the gym, but we could not turn on the lights because it took up a lot of power. My brother dragged me and one of my sisters to the gym because my parents did not want us to be alone anywhere. My sister and I lounged on the chairs of the stage playing the piano, playing pretend, and practiced being stars until we quickly grew bored of my brother missing shot after shot in the dark. <laughs> after some time had passed, I had to use the bathroom and tried getting my sister to keep me company. She said she didn't want to get up and then told me to not be a baby and just go by myself. Where the bathrooms had been was within five steps of the door to the science room and every step closer made the hairs on my neck rise. I walked past, eyes down, not giving that horrid room a single glance. I managed to do what I had to, but became overwhelmed with the sense of fight or flight. Nervous, I rounded the corner to the hall where the entrance of the gym would be, and there stood a shadow in the middle of the hall. Oh, God. Yeah. It was facing the main doors with its back to me. Silhouetted by the sunshine streaming from the glass doors, I could see this was not my brother. The figure was too tall, the size of a full adult. Wearing what looked like jeans and a dark hoodie, but knowing in my bones this was not human. Ew. I called out to my siblings in the gym that I was going home not wanting to be a bad sibling and abandoned them there with that monster. I turned and hurried to the other exit at my back, praying that that thing would ignore me since I didn't address it directly but still feeling stupid for saying anything at all. I ran as fast as my legs could take me and only felt safe when I felt the sun on my face but I still continued running step after step back to the small apartment we called home only to find all four of my siblings sitting on the couch as if they didn't have a care in the world. I asked my sister, who was too lazy to walk with me, why she didn't say anything to me when she left. She said she called my name and said they were going home. Apparently, she heard my voice call back, oh God, apparently she heard my voice call back to go ahead only a few moments after I went to the bathroom. What the fuck? What? The actual fuck? It was definitely not her. That is terrifying. Terrified, I tried to tell them what I saw, only to be told that it was all in my head and that I was such a baby. 
After that incident, we all felt its presence in the gym, mainly radiating from the boys' locker rooms located in the basement. Oh, God. Others I know who have wandered those halls alone would see what we referred to as the shadow man, watching from the windows of the hallway into the gym. He would only appear if you were alone, and you could feel his presence in groups of three or less. When the big crowds would gather, his presence was not there, but I knew it was a matter of time until he'd return, providing that feeling of dread. Ew. <laughs> that is so scary. Who was this? Th- like, what was this thing? Right. Like, and why was it there? I wonder if it's actually human or not. I'm thinking not considering he mimicked her voice. Right. Like, that's never a good sign. Ugh. Ew. That is terrifying. That is really, really horrifying. Ew. God. And imagine, like, having that experience at five years old. Yeah. And she said she has a lot more stories to share with the podcast. Keep them coming. Yeah. And I just feel like it was such a sign and, in a way, a gift that this was a story incorporating her brother And we happened to get this story today, the day after his passing. Yeah. Like, I think that was was him, yeah, him, like, in a way, having her send this to us to be read out loud. And a sign for her knowing that, you know. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Again, Nicole, our thoughts are with you and your family. And thank you so much for sharing that story with our podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we're thinking of your brother. Ugh, and your family. Yeah. Well... That is it. That's it for today. And we shall get into our spiel. Spiel. Yes. Spiel. Spiel. <laughs> My oh, eyes. Our spiel. Don't worry. Her allergies are just acting up and she looks like she got punched in the face. <laughs> My eye is whacked out right now. And I have. Yeah, it's not good. So you can go to our Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post our pictures weekly of every case as well as the resources that we've used for each case. You, you can also go to our Instagram at Crime Cults and Coffee and click the link in our bio. That's our link tree. You can see all of the platforms that we use for our podcasting and you can click any of those links to see the podcast on those different platforms. And our Instagram is also where we post weekly photos and the coffees that we reviewed from each episode. Yes. Also, if you have a listener story like Nicole just shared or a case suggestion, you can reach out to us. DM us at Crime Colts and Coffee on Instagram or send us an email at crimecoltsandcoffee at gmail.com. We would also appreciate if you left us a rate and review if you listen to us on apple podcasts it really helps our podcast to be seen and we love reading them yes <laughs> as long as they're they're kind we don't mind criticism just be kind about it please be kind yeah and if you don't listen to us on apple podcasts you can follow like or subscribe on any listening platform of your choice and that way it'll notify you when a new episode comes out every week yeah So that's it. And until next week. Bye, guys. See ya.
information regarding this case and our resources. Follow us at Crime Cults and Coffee on Instagram and Facebook.